Hello. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin's online worship service, where we gather virtually and in spirit each week on Sundays at 10.45 a.m. during this time that we can't yet gather together in person. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I welcome each of you to our service. I especially want to welcome those of you who may be new to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. Please feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments if you're able, and let us know from where you're watching the service. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. Let us connect those divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another in the Facebook comments, or simply by sensing the heartstring connections that exist between us. Join me in saying our chalice lighting. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Hello, everybody. Right now, I am right next to the Travis County ballot-by-mail drop-off location where I've been working the past month. People are casting their ballots and, of course, receiving I Voted stickers right now as we speak. Today, we have a reading from Reverend Scott Taylor, who is the Soul Matters team lead. Before he was at Soul Matters, he was the director of Congregational Life at the UUA. And he's worked with many of the members of our congregation through the Chalice Circle facilitator trainings that he has hosted. And you can talk to anyone who's met him, and they will tell you that he is kind-hearted and super passionate about what he does. This is a poem from him called, Who We Listen To Is Who We Become. Sometimes it can be so loud. Hard to hear those voices you once knew so well. Voices that knew you so well. It's said that silence heals us, but silence also holds us together. So pause while we can, while this sweet space gives us room to listen, to hear. The echoes of memories that make us whole, the pain of others that reawakens our hearts, the beauty of the wild woods that want us back. We don't just listen for clarity and guidance. We listen to become larger. Those voices calling us home are our home. We don't have conversations. We are our conversations. We must remember, friends, who we listen to is who we become. One of the things that keeps us bound together as a religious community, even when we cannot be together physically, is to have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. We hold it in our heart all during the week, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, 
we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. If you'd like to know more about what we mean by beloved community, please visit the Martin Luther King Center at kingcenter.org. And each week, to help us deepen our understanding of beloved community and the challenges we face in helping to build it, we have been taking a moment to consider how people who are oppressed may experience our world differently. This time, I want to start by sharing a short video with you. Hey, so where are you from again? Tennessee. No, where are you really from? How do you eat with a fork and knife? That's so hard. I could never do that. Your English is great. Were you adopted? So how come you only hang out with other white people? You must be really bad at math. Come on, guys. Don't you have trouble telling white people apart? Like, I can't tell you guys apart. Hey, look at me. I'm white. You know, you're so unlucky you're white because your people are just naturally fat. Do you have a normal name, too, or just your white name? Ugh. Are your parents, like, super white? Hey, do you watch How I Met Your Mother? I'm so into white culture. I love white accents. Hey, I ate cheese. You know, I've been really into Western religions lately. Like, I love how they're so angry and uptight, you know? I decorated my whole house in crosses. Who's hungry? You're Italian? I love pasta. Mmm, a pizza pie. A pizza pie. Your parents must have been super not strict. Did you just do whatever you wanted? Oh my God, two forks? That would look totally cute in my hair. I just love dating white guys because they're so large and overbearing. Hey, uh, you know I'm really into white girls. Just white girls. Hey, where are you going? Come on. I have like kind of round eyes, so I'm practically white. That's a humorous way of looking at what's called microaggressions. The humor is that the microaggressions usually go the other way around. Microaggressions have been defined as the everyday slights, indignities, put-downs, and insults that people of color, women, LGBTQ folks, and others who are marginalized experience in their day-to-day -day interactions with people. I'd like to invite you to spend some time thinking about how it's possible that we can engage in such microaggressions even when our intent is not to express explicit prejudice. We'll be offering a class on implicit bias and microaggressions in the future. This week's story is Henry David Thoreau and the Still Small Voice part of Sing to the Power by Len Unger. Henry sat in front of his little cabin on one of three chairs listening to the evening. If you were there, you might have thought there was nothing to listen to. Certainly no television or iPod. Those wouldn't be around for 100 years or more. There was no one to talk to, no planes overhead, no radio coming from next door. Mr. Emerson's house, the closest thing to a next-door neighbor was over a mile away. Not that he had a radio to play in any case. Even the natural world was still. No wind rippled the pond, and the birds had stopped singing as night approached. Still Henry listened to the tiniest sounds, a small fish breaking the surface of the water and splashing down again, the crackle of leaves as a mouse passed by, the sound of wings as a crow passed overhead. To him, 
these miniature sounds were music. Of course, most of the townspeople thought Henry David Thoreau was crazy when he decided to build a tiny cabin from used materials out in Emerson's wood lot by Walden Pond. Why would a promising writer want to move away from society to sit with birds and bugs for company? In fact, Henry enjoyed the company of Emerson and the other thinkers who shared his transcendentalist philosophy. However, to him, the quiet of the pond and the animals and plants that lived in and around it provided excellent company. Sometimes, Henry thought, the conversation you learn the most from is the one with the least said. An earthquake rattled the mountain with a terrific rumbling, but God wasn't in the earthquake. Then came a fire, sweeping across the rocks and brush outside the cave, red and roaring and grand, but God wasn't in the fire either. Finally, after all the roaring and crashing, everything became quiet. Elijah stood there shaking, wrapped in his cloak, just waiting. And out of the silence came the still, small voice of his God. I'm not at all sure, thought Henry, that I believe in that God of the Bible, the one who chatted with Elijah. But whatever God is, I'm pretty sure I know it better out here in the quiet than I would through any ranting sermon. Maybe God is speaking to me in the small voice of the jumping fish, the rustling leaves, the still pond and the stars beginning to peek through the trees. Maybe I hear God when my heart is still and I can listen with my very smallest inner ear. Maybe. And his thoughts drifted off with a small breeze that came and ruffled his hair and rippled across the quiet lake. A poem by Reverend Steve Garnus Holmes, who used to write and perform with the Montana Logging and Ballet Company. A poem called, I Am God, Of Course. I looked at the tree blossoming in spring and said, who are you? And she said, I am God, of course, becoming beautiful. And I beheld her. I looked at the sea and said, who are you? And the same voice said, it is I flowing within you. And I opened myself. I listened to the silence and said, who are you? And she said, I'm holding you. And I listened more. I looked at my troubles and said, who are you? And I heard, I am your own broken heart. And I wept with gratitude. I looked at the suffering of the world and said, who are you? And she said, I'm in labor pains. And I moved closer. I looked at the unknown and said, who are you? And the silence said, I am becoming. And I stepped into the darkness.
I invite you now into a time of centering, a time of breathing deeply in and out, in and out. And as we breathe deeply, let us feel the heartstrings that keep us connected with one another as we transform virtual space into beloved religious community. Let us breathe in and breathe out. Let us follow that breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater calmness, a place of openness where we can hear the voice of wisdom, a place where that spark of the divine dwells within each of us. We'll have a few moments of music during which I invite you to continue meditative breathing and, if you wish, to light a candle representing your joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes.
Thursday before last, Austin Electric decided that during a pandemic, when most people are stuck at home most of the time, would be the perfect moment to trim tree branches away from power lines, requiring that they cut off the electricity to all of the homes in our neighborhood for several hours. Because really, who needs electricity while sheltering in place? And so there began this constant buzzing of chainsaws right behind our backyard as their crews began cutting out the offending branches. It was supposed to end that Thursday afternoon. It didn't. The chainsaw noise went on daily until the evening of the next Tuesday. Now, we happened to have a Zoom church staff meeting that Tuesday afternoon, and I shared that it had been a little difficult to concentrate and get certain things done, like writing a sermon, with constant chainsaw noise going on in the background. Well, the spiritual topic we're exploring in the church this month is deep listening. And our wonderful director of religious education, Kelly Stokes, sent me a note later on Tuesday expressing how my experiences with the chainsaw noise is actually a really, really good metaphor for the challenges we face with trying to listen deeply these days. As Kelly put it, It's hard to listen deeply when we're surrounded by chainsaw noise. How do we listen to what our soul or friends or family are trying to tell us when we're surrounded by the cacophony of pandemic and political news or perhaps even the very real cacophony of people together in the same house all of the time? Some of us without electricity for several hours, but I'll let that go now. Just as I had to go to the room in our house that was furthest away from the backyard, close the doors to try to muffle some of the noise coming from the chainsaws, I think that things like engaging in spiritual practices, limiting how much we check the news, and taking some time to ourselves can help with the pandemic, the politics, and being together nearly all of the time with several people in the same house. Or it could be the other way around for folks who live alone. They may need to reach out to others over the phone, internet, or through other means, and that may help with muting the cacophony. Sometimes we have to find a certain silence before we can begin to hear again. And I think especially during this challenging time, offering one another the gift of deep listening can help lift all of our spirits and nourish one another's souls. Has someone ever offered you the blessing of listening to you deeply? How did that feel? My spouse, Wayne, has given me this gift of deep listening many times after I've experienced life tragedies, either my own or those of others about whom I cared about. Wayne listening to me in such instances has allowed me to process my thoughts, process my emotions, get the feelings out. His doing so always feels like love. Listening deeply for someone else is love in action. So, how do we learn to listen effectively, though? 
After all, many of us weren't taught this in our families of origin. There are many, many books and self-help materials on learning to speak effectively, yet far fewer resources on learning to listen effectively. Well, to start, I think it may help to broaden our concept of what it means to listen beyond just paying attention to the words we're hearing. Deep listening involves all of our senses, our intellect, our feelings. Many, many studies have shown that what we see in other people's body language and detect in their tone of voice actually informs us more than the words they're speaking. And while I'm, I'm so grateful for technologies such as Zoom that are helping us to stay connected during this time of the pandemic, pandemic, one limitation of Zoom is that conversations can sometimes be more difficult, at least in part because we just can't see as much of the other people's body language as we can when we are together in person. Now, Reverend Scott Taylor, team leader and founder of Soul Matters, the Unitarian Universalist group that provides the spiritual themes we're exploring each month in several of our church activities, gives us some very practical tips for practicing deep listening. He calls them the hold rules. He says, hold still, be quiet. Offer silent space for the person to whom you're listening. Don't interrupt. Also, he says, still that part of your brain that wants to start asking, what do I think about this and do I agree? Instead, ask, where is this trying to take me? Back in time to a forgotten memory? Deeper inside to some forgotten wisdom? He continues, Hold at bay. When it comes time to respond, no fixing, no advising, no setting straight. Hold up. Express gratitude for what has been shared. And, he says, hold out. Share what forgotten memories or wisdom you may have found because of their sharing. Here are a few other tips from a group of psychologists. One, good listeners urge us to keep sharing and to elaborate. Go on. Tell me more. Two, they encourage clarification. I'm not quite sure I understood this part of what you were saying. I'd love to hear more about it. Three, Good listeners don't moralize and judge. They welcome expressions of vulnerability. They vocalize positive sounds. Huh. And four, good listeners separate disagreement from criticism. They know they can think someone is wrong about something and still really care about that person. And in fact, there's some recent research that has found that one of the best ways to approach someone with whom we disagree, especially when we encounter prejudice, is to say something like, would you tell me your story? I'd love to know how you came to this point of view. So these then are just a few practical ways we can learn to give the gift of deep listening. And here's the thing. 
When we listen deeply to others, it can end up being a gift to ourselves as well. When I was serving as a student chaplain at the old Brackenridge Hospital, I had several sessions of listening to a very sweet woman who had end-stage cancer and for whom treatment had failed. She was an evangelical Christian, so our faith beliefs were very different. And yet, yet listening to her tell her story and express her profound faith that was helping her through such a difficult time, somehow, somehow that deepened my own spirituality and led me to explore my own mortality more than I had before. Now, in addition to deep listening with other people, I think there are a few other ways we can benefit from listening deeply. During this challenging time, we can listen to what our bodies and feelings are trying to tell us. If we find ourselves getting fatigued during the middle of the day, we can try to find a way to take a break. If we find ourselves feeling anxious or depressed, we can reach out for help. If our mind and body are telling us we're drinking too much or shopping online too much or any of the other many ways we can numb ourselves a bit too much, we can hear that warning. I found one really useful coping tip in some of this research that says listening to music, especially sad music, can actually reduce our own anxiety or depression. And there's one song, in fact, that you can find on YouTube called Weightless by the group Marconi Union that in a study reduced anxiety by up to 65% in people who listened to it. I think we must also listen deeply to what social justice movements such as Black Lives Matter are exposing about the brokenness of our society. And I think we better start listening to what nature is trying to tell us. A pandemic, wildfires, numerous hurricanes in one season, and on and on and on. We are being reminded that we are part of the web of all existence, not separate from it. Finally, listen to your spirit, your soul. That voice of inner wisdom, that spark of the divine within each of us. Listen. The voice of the divine is calling out to us from within ourselves and all around us. Listen. The voice of the divine is singing. We are worthy. We are loved through and through. Listen, the voice of the divine is telling us that we can only make it through this time together. And we will, my beloveds, listen, listen, listen.
But there now be an offering to support this church and keep it going through these challenging times. If you scroll upward on Facebook, you'll see an online giving link, which will take you to our secure online contributions page. If you want to make a plate contribution, just choose plate contribution from the drop-down box. However, if you're wanting to contribute toward your generous 2020 pledge or your capital campaign pledge, you can go back there and choose one of those in the drop-down box. You may also mail your contributions to the church. We are gratefully checking the mail and making deposits several times each week. I invite you to join me now as we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Our benediction today are words from American theologian David Augsburger. Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. May you be heard. May you listen deeply. I wish you much peace. Amen. And blessed be. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.